when you're sitting in that chair, you're no longer auditioning. You're there to mm-hmm. run the show. So run the show. It's no longer time to where you have, where you can make room for doubt. You just can't in that moment. And that's the other challenge that I've had for a long time. You know, I, there were many times when I've asked myself, do I really, should I really be here? Welcome back to The Tea with Nikki. We are pro-tea, not anti-coffee. And I just want to give a big ecstatic announcement that I'm now in my new studio. I just painted my wall, but I'm so happy with it. Better than the blanket. And being an absolute blessing and joining me for the tea with Nikki in my new studio was Motsudisi Mohono. I could not think of anyone better to have been the first sort of christening of my new studio. <laughs> She's a super sport commentator and presenter. I'm sure you've seen her if you've watched rugby games <laughs> on TV on super sport. She sits with incredible panelists and she is so composed, so knowledgeable and just presents like an absolute queen. I've admired her for quite a long time and I had no shame in telling her that as well when I first met her. She has gone from being a radio presenter to taking part in a competition called Lady Rugga and has now been blessing our screens for over five years now. We talk about her journey, how she became a presenter from being a radio personality, how she's persevered over the over the years, how she's dealt with imposter syndrome, and she gives me a little bit of a pet talk as well, which I'm not complaining about. So I hope that you feel just as pepped as I did at the end. <laughs> being a rugby presenter and anchor, because you were working at radio before and then you entered Lady Raga and you were doing that. How did you kind of find your way into this position? Uh, I, I, I really think it's like a series of, um, you know, just things falling into place because I was really comfortable at rugby. I'm a big pardon. I was really comfortable in radio. I was having a great time there. And by the time the Lady Rugger competition rolled around, I'd been at uh, YFM for three years. So I was comfortable in my position. I had just taken over the sports desk that February uh, when Tatami Yang left to go to Supersport. And, um, I absolutely loved it. So when when the team heard that there's these auditions happening at Super Sports, they were like, girl, you have to go, you have to go, you have to go, you have to go. And I was like, guys, it's rugby, you know, it's not a full day, come on. They were like, dude, you have to go. Like, just take a shot in the dark and see what happens. And that's exactly what I did. And what Lady Raga made me realize is that I had this talent that I had no idea about because I had grown I had grown as a broadcaster in radio. I knew how to put my thoughts together. I knew how to surmise everything. Um, but I didn't know that I could take that onto television. It never crossed my mind to do that at that time. You know, and even growing up, loving radio, loving TV, watching a lot of TV, I didn't think this would be the time or, or the space to do that. But I went to the auditions. Um, um, the day of the auditions, we were actually painting a, a, an orphanage with some friends of mine. And I remember I went to the, to the stadium, told the lady in front of me to please call me when we when we starting to get inside. She said, cool. I left, I came back. And by the time I got back, the producers had already started packing. It was very, very late at night. Um, and I went straight to the judges. The, 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 all the ladies that were left would go straight to the judges and straight to the judges. Um, and I remember it was Derek Albert and Crystal Arnold. 
who are my colleagues now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just stood in front of them. They gave us a script that we had to recite. I recited it. And there was just, I, it, it's like when you get it right and you just know, you mm-hmm. just know that, geez, I, I think I did good there. I think I did good there. Um, yeah, and they gave me the green lights and went from 1,500 hopefuls to 150, top 100, top 50, then top 15 uh, for the finals night, which was absolutely amazing. And came third overall. And now actually one of the most recognized presenters, I think as well. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, (laughs) yeah. And I know on Supersport there's you, Alma, Katolo, who are all well known for being female presenters on the rugby scene. Um, what has been the hardest part about being one of the only female rugby presenters, well, apart from the other two that I mentioned? I think the hardest thing is always just, you know, it's like you have to prove yourself over and above a, a certain level. Um, credibility um, is always questioned. Mm. Um, that has probably been the biggest challenge. I beg your pardon for me. Um, you know, I remember after after the World Cup, I was reading some tweets, and there was a gentleman that said, "You know, I switched on my TV and I saw you, and I was like, what does this woman know about rugby?" And and I laughed because I was like, even after nine years in the game, those are the kinds of messages that I still receive. That seeing my face on air doesn't translate to what a world class broadcaster. It starts with um, doubt. But I know that my work is good. I know that I'm valued. I know that I'm valuable. And I know that I bring value to the table. And I I think over the years, I've allowed that stuff to just wash off my back. Because I've become very, very clear on who I am and the work that I bring to the table. And I no longer allow myself to be swayed by the opinions of other people. And it takes a long time. I think that's one of the other challenges with women in any industry Mm. is to remove the self-doubt, to really believe. Because that imposter syndrome is going to hit you and it's going to steal your joy in the biggest moments. And what you've got to learn to do is be really, really, really sure. You know, I, I, I always tell my mentees, when you're sitting in that chair, you're no longer auditioning. You're there to mm. run the show. So run the show. It's no longer time to where you have, where you can make room for doubt. You just can't in that moment. And that's the other challenge that I've had for a long time. You know, I, there were many times when I've asked myself, do I really, should I really be here? Do I belong in this space? Am I doing good work? Am I, should I not just pivot and do something else, something easier? Mm. Um, but I'm lucky in that I always find some sort of response. There'll be some email uh, from some young girl saying, well done on that production, or I will get kudos from a director or a producer. Um, I'm always affirmed and I'm, I'm lucky in that, but self-doubt is the other other demon that you yeah. really, really do have to fight against. I remember when I first met you as well, I was just saying how much I admire you and, and your capabilities and your style. And so, I mean, that's also affirmation. And also all your awards that you've won, your presenter awards mm-hmm. have not gone unnoticed. Um, so they are, I wanted to touch more on that imposter syndrome. I know a lot of us struggle with that. I. Personally, especially with the tea with Nikki as well, I struggle with it quite mm. 
Um, but how do you always keep such a cool, calm and collected temperament on, on set and just your demeanor in general? I think it's just to be, to be very self-aware, you know, to, to know who you are and what you're about and what you want to bring across on air on that day. Another important thing is preparation. If you're prepared um, and knowledgeable about what's going on, particularly on that day, I think it, it, it makes you even calmer. You know, you, you're, you're just so, it gives you that security. You're just so much more sure of yourself in that moment. So yeah, preparation is, is huge. It's huge, it's huge. It's, it's the difference between a good day and a bad day. Um, and that's why I always overemphasize doing your research and making sure that you're prepared uh, for when you go on air. Do you still get nervous when you go on air? Yes, 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 yes. How do you, you know, deal with those nerves? Do you just... Uh, you, you've <laughs> got to center yourself, but you've got to also let the feeling come in and pass. You know, don't try to resist it because then it makes you more anxious. Um, but you know, I have this conversation with my bestie and she always reminds me that um, we get nervous because it still matters so much to us. It's still so important to us to be the best that we can be. And because I just love what I do, I love it. And every time I'm on air, I want it to be just an, an amazing moment of entertainment and education and, and, and the dissemination of info. You know, I want people to walk away and be like, mm, I didn't think about that. I didn't know that. I wasn't sure of that. Um, so yes, the bugs still come, but you, you let, let, sit in the anxiety and then lift yourself out of it, but don't resist it because then it just builds up even more. Yeah. What would be a top tip uh, for an aspiring presenter from you? Be your most authentic self, whatever that is, and and bring it bring it through on camera as well. You know, if you're if you're funny, incorporate it. If you're loud, bubbly personality, use it. Use use what you have because um, only you can present like you. Only Nikki can present like Nikki. No one else will ever be able to stand in your shoes it will it would be cheap imitation so you also have to stand in your own shoes and present the way only you can because your x factor cannot be bottled and sold to someone else and because if i watch that person when i'm like mm, that's nikki you know I, I, you know what i mean then <laughs> so i was getting a picture this is great i love it <laughs> yeah you you have to be you have to be yourself nick because People also pick it up when you're being disingenuous. They pick it up when you're being cold. They pick it up when you're being, when you're trying to be the serious person, when you're trying to be, when you're trying to stand outside of yourself. They just, they already know that uh, something is wrong. She's having an off day or whatever. So just be yourself, you know, and, and people open up to that. Your interviews will be so much easier. Your conversations will flow because you're you and you have nothing to prove to anybody it's it's just self-assurance got to be so self-assured and so confident and be yourself whatever that is thank you so much for that that was wonderful got a nice little pick up but then also it's really great advice for anyone watching who does want to get into the industry or the scene who's always yeah. been a mentor or an idol for you 
I, I've been mentored by a lot of people. I think I'm lucky in that there are so many amazing people around me all the time that I'm able to draw from. Uh, definitely Carol Shabalala, definitely Tato Meng, um, so many of my friends and family members as well. Um, because the, the sometimes the lessons of life translates into the work and the lessons of work translate into life. So you always get, you're always getting filled by different sources and then it comes out in your work as well. But I think Carol and Tato have been um, the, the biggest ones for me. It, and it's small, it's literally small things. It's just an ignition of confidence. It's a, it's a, you did good today. It's um I see you. It's a, don't, for, don't forget to do it like you. You know, that's the biggest thing that Carol taught me. She's like, you're never going to be one of the boys. You're always just going to be Mutsirisi. So what is different about Mutsirisi? What can you bring forth about Mutsirisi that will make you stand out? And that's literally what I've been working towards and trying to bring through ever since we had that conversation. But I draw from so many great people, uh, athletes that I admire, like Serena and her tenacity, like Kasta Semenya, who just cannot be moved. Her confidence, Yeah. I mean, you could throw anything at her and she will still stand so tall, you know, sure. um, from superstars around the world that I, that I just draw small little things from. Um, my mom as well, uh, my dad who's now late, but has taught me so, so, so much um, about work ethic, about excellence, about doing good work, great work, um, about humility, but also about, even in your humility, you must know that you're great. <laughs> you know, um, my bestie who reminds me every day that, you know, celebrate the small ones, friend. Don't forget to take a moment to say thank you. Don't forget to take a moment to, to celebrate it as well. So, so there's been a lot of people. At work as well, I think we work with such an amazing team who make it their business to make sure that everybody's good. So when you do something right, when you get it right, you always get a high five, always get the kudos, you know, and that helps too yeah. in building your confidence um, moving forward. And what does feminine leadership mean to you? Oof. <laughs> feminine leadership, I think for me, would just be channeling the queens that came before me, remembering their power and their strength, and also remembering that their power and strength wasn't always shown in, you know, loud voices and aggression and you know, sometimes it's shown in dance. Sometimes it's shown in a beautiful meal prepared with love. You know, sometimes it's shown in the birthing of a child. We are so powerful and we forget, women forget the power and the divinity with which they've been uh, bestowed. And because the way society is made up and, 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 and because of the place that we that has been set for us, we always feel that we are less than and beneath so-and-so, you know, and we, I feel you just need to take your place and own your power and own your power and look at the women that have come before you, powerful women that said, mm, that won't work for me. Mm, mm -mm. That doesn't feel right. That doesn't look right, you know, and take up the mantle the way they have, but display your power again, authentically in a way that is true to you and stand tall, stand tall. We're so afraid to own 
our power and so afraid to own the positions that we have and the great work that we do. It's like, oh, Nikki, your show is so good. Oh, yeah, thanks, you know, I mean, I started when you ran, oh, la, 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 la. You can't just say, thank you, yeah. appreciate that. You know, which, which episode did you like? You gotta own it, you gotta own it, you gotta own your power and you gotta stand in it and be confident in it and be confident in your abilities as well. And that's when feminine leadership will start to come through because you won't feel like you're in competition with anybody. You won't feel that the pie is too small for all of, for all of us. You won't feel like you're in constant competition with other women, you just will be. And how do you think that- And all things will flow and um business environments could be more inclusive of women like um, oh they've got to be they've got no choice they've got to be they you know we've got to keep making room for women and and even our seat at the table cannot be one way we are just there as yes men and there as tokens and there as props you know if you're gonna give me a seat at the table best believe i'm gonna get there and talk and have an opinion and have a counter opinion and have ideas and have solutions and and i don't want anybody talking over me and i don't want to have to stand to make you hear me you know even the room that we make for women must be empowering we cannot just be allowed to sit at the table and still be quiet you know what kind of room are we making what kind of space are we are we making for young girls and for women that also needs to be taken into account because I don't want to sit at tables where I am told to be quiet. Mm. You know, I'm not a pretty prop. I love I wanna have. I want to have an opinion. I want, I want my opinion and my thoughts to be respected, you know? And I don't mind going toe to toe with people. I'm but I don't like questioning you. No, <laughs> no, it, you know, it, it's that no, you don't no. want to be shushed. You know, yeah. you want you want to be able to say something and have and not necessarily have people not at the table, but at least take it in and say, hmm, didn't think of it like that. Thank you, Nikki. All right, we'll look into that. So let's be clear on the the space that we're creating, on on what that seat at that table actually means. And now I'm I'm wanna move into a segment I like to call the ABCs of your career. So yeah. <laughs> when or what was your amazing, like affluent aha moment in your journey? There's two. Um, there's three, but I'll do the two. I think for me, the first one would be doing my very first test match. Uh, it came at a, at a dark time in, in my life, private, um, something had happened and um, I was not necessarily feeling down and out, but I was just on the road to feeling better. Um, and and I and I did it. I did that match at a time where I felt very doubtful, very unsure. And to get that call that hey, listen, Italy are playing South Africa on Saturday. We want you to host um, panel and studio. And you're like, what? After the month that I just had, really? <laughs> wow. Um, so that was so empowering, um, you know, it's just a feather in the cap, another reminder that, you know, you're, you're doing good work and mm. it's time to step it up to the next level. So definitely that one. I'm sorry, South Africa lost, guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Fine, we won the cup anyway, so. Was that one time? Oh, anyway. In the past. Um, <laughs> the second one. 
Yes, the second one is definitely the Rugby World Cup final. It was just an extraordinary, historic moment um, for the entire country and for mm. rugby lovers around the world. And I think, you know, I was doing a, um, another, another interview, another meeting, and there was a, a lady there from the UK, uh, and Natalie Pinkham, and she was talking about just how you know, as, as, as an English woman, she felt so pain that they lost, but as a sports lover, she understood the moment um, and what it would mean for South Africa, what it would mean for Sam Tanda Olisi, what it would mean for that entire team, for Rassi and his team as well, what it would mean for young South Africans, what it would mean for little kids running around in the street trying to play some rugby. Um, and that is what made it special. And even for us in studio to bring the story forth to you in the way that we did with a world-class panel and a world-class team. And to be part of that was beautiful. It was just extraordinary. Like, I, I don't know if you watched, but like the post-match, we were so finished. Like, it's like we had expanded every single piece of energy that we had just watching everything unfold on screen. Um, we were absolutely elated at, at how things had turned out. So for me, that that final, so that England, South Africa at the 2019 Rugby World Cup, that one will go definitely top two. And it lingers between one yeah. and two. <laughs> you know, that must yeah. have been absolutely electric being in studio as well. Same with your World Plus panel on the live coverage. I'm surprised you guys managed to <laughs> compose yourselves during the match. I know in my house we're all screaming and hugging and making burgers. We were just also elated. And the whole country, a friend of mine yeah. in New York in a bar, she was doing the marathon and her and her boyfriend went in and she just said it was sensational around the world. Oh, wow. It just lost it. It was amazing. Our, one of our um, production producers, uh, uh, one of the junior producers, Ongezi Wazondani, actually reminded me the other day on Twitter. She's like, girl, remember you took your shoes off. I took my shoes off and I was running around studio. So excited. <laughs> uh, when my pimping scored, girl, I had to. I was, I was so, we were so stressed. <laughs> you know, uh, watching, watch, watching, watching a game like that with ex-Springboks that have won the World Cup is so much more stressful because they literally are just like, I want to go play. I want, I want, I want to go play. I want to like can we, can itching. Can we, can we, you know they are itching, and they were so. It was the most intense game I've ever watched with our team, and they just could not sit still. We were buzzing from the very first minute, but it was it was a wonderful experience. Absolutely wonderful. And B, what was a bad business blunder for you? Ooh. I think it was a blunder that turned into a blessing, actually. Mm. Um, so early 2015, I decided to leave radio. It was at a time when, you know, varsity sport was also growing and I was spending a lot of time away from, from radio. That's when I was working at Metro. And in March 2015, I had to let it go because I wanted to focus on, on, on television. The downside is that now you don't have two income streams. So come the end of October, at the end of the 2015 Rugby World Cup, I sat with about four months of um, not working because there weren't mm -hmm. any productions. Rugby was over and it would only start in February again. I beg your pardon again. Um, it would only start in February again with Varsity Cup 
So I found myself having to create income, which is taking money out of savings, taking money out of investments and that kind of thing. Um, and ended up living at home, moving back home, staying with my parents. But the blessing was I realized that I was exactly where I needed to be. For whatever reason, I needed to be at home in that time. And um, it pained me for the longest time. I didn't unpack my suitcases. I got home one day and my mom had put all my clothes in my cupboards and she was like, dude, you're home. So <laughs> be home, you know? It's okay. You're not the first, you're not the last. Mm -hmm. uh, these things happen in life, but you're here to regroup. You're here to put yourself together again. So be here, be here, be present, be home, you know? And that was really the blessing in it. Um, I learned to really get my money right, cut down on things I no longer needed, um, reignite my investing, save a little bit more as well. And in the last three years, I was able to get out of debt, you know, all, all, all of that, all of, all of that, that goodness snowballing into the next thing. So that was probably the biggest blunder, but it served me so well later on. And see, what was a cinematic worthy cock-up moment for you? <laughs> I don't have a lot of those, eh? Um, everybody misses them. It's, it's, ah, uh, you mispronounce someone's name or you stumble on your words. Uh, but I'm getting, I've gotten very slick over the years in that I, I make my mistakes <laughs> and move on very quickly. <laughs> I move on very quickly, so a lot of people don't remember. I do remember my first production though, for Varsity Cup, I was working with a director called Sean Everett, and I kept saying, uh, indeed, in the build-up, indeed, what about a indeed, what about a indeed, even when indeed would not make sense in the sentence. <laughs> and he started to pick up on it, and he's like, ah, indeed, okay, a beer for every indeed that we hear, guys. And then he's like, oh, six indeeds. Okay, so that's a six pack. And I'm on air live as he's talk, talking like this, but I just can't get the word out of my mouth. Indeed this. And he's like, woo, we are 12. That's two six packs. Anybody want to be here for a month? Uh, <laughs> and at the, by the end of it, he was like, you need to throw that word out of your vocabulary. It is a crutch and you speak, what, you, you, you present so much better than what you're doing now. So get rid of that word, find something else, expand, expand the vocab so that you don't need that word anymore. And, and it's like, um, it's like you say something and I'm like, indeed, what a, what a, what a, what It's like, I'm trying to keep a flow, yeah. but I'm constantly bringing this word up and he's like, get rid of it. And I did, I never, ever mentioned it again, ever. Apart from now. <laughs> gone, apart from now, it was, it was gone, gone, but it was such a great lesson as well, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and the only time that I probably, felt like properly flustered because I'm like but I'm on air and he's still continuing um but it but it's it taught me that you know open open your mind open what how else can you say this how else can you pivot how else can you keep the conversation going and flowing so yeah another another one that nobody picks up but because he is such a great director he knows that if we don't nip it in the butt then it's going to mess with me in years to come. But all the other ones, I don't even remember because um, the other thing he taught me is to forgive myself quickly. I had a tendency of making mistakes on air and then 
dwelling on those mistakes mm-hmm. and i mean i'm doing a half time update and like the light is out of my eyes and you would say dude like we've forgotten about that mistake you need to move on so that's the other thing that i learned as well and that's why now when i make a mistake you won't pick it up because i'll just and move on yeah right i love that to zoom and then find draw it <laughs> um Hmm. Ugh, they're supposed to be the same size now. <laughs> it's raining out, but it's but it's sunny. It's is it raining there? No, mm-hmm. this side it's it's um it's so windy. Hmm. It's been very mm. as well. The the cold front is coming. I don't know if it'll move all the way up to Johannesburg as well but I know definitely that oh, it's a girl it's yeah trust me cuz this wind <laughs> we don't know this wind yeah is that a flower leaves tree mm. can, you give me can a- I give you a clue yes makes great wine oh it's grapes My drawing is not so great though. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. I've got a word as well. Let me try and draw okay. green. Um Okay. It's quite funny actually. Can you see? Yeah. Yeah, that looks like a cloud, rain cloud. Yes. <laughs> and funny enough, I got rain <laughs> and it was raining. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, John. Awesome. Let's do one more. I think. I think that okay. maybe we can level it up and do hard because those were easy. Okay, cool. I wait. I'm waiting for the Oh, must I send you the link? link. Yeah. Come link. There we go. still says easy let me change the category to hard and let's see what it comes up with okay no how's that difficult that is not difficult <laughs> ooh 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 <laughs> ooh oof i'm going to ooh <laughs> Um um let's see um okay drawing My drawing is terrible. <laughs> is it 
So is it an expression, a facial expression? It's a feeling. It's a feeling. But it's is not that? the first thing that's going to come to mind. No. Despair? Uh, no. Angry? No. Mm, somber? How can I explain it? Um, it's like when you do something wrong. Guilty. No, the, uh, there's another word that's associated with that word. Guilty. Anxious. <laughs> um, no. Like when you're like, oh, I don't know how to explain it. Um, but it's associated with guilty. Guilty and ashamed. That was a hard one. That is a hard one. I would Girl, how do you draw that. ashamed? <laughs> well, you did a good job. I was just, I was just like, you know, <laughs> sad eyes. Okay, we've got one as well. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you can see. I'm gonna have to bring it a bit closer. Is this another one of those difficult ones? Yeah. Um, so it's what goes on this. So I don't know if you can figure what that is. Pizza. Yes. So um, toppings. No. So like what goes on top of the pizza is what you're doing. Yeah. Cheese. Grated cheese. What's the base? The base on the pizza. Dough. No. The, 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 on what goes before all the toppings. Tomato paste. Yeah. So it's a uh, pizza sauce. Uh, <laughs> but you were there. Oh, this close. I took that away from you. No, kitchenary is difficult. Now it is the kind of quick fire questions where it, yeah. you just what comes off the top of your head. What is something in your daily routine that you could not live without? Prayer and my phone. Are you a morning person or an evening person? Morning. And what music is your favorite? Oh, I listen to everything. I listen to everything. I'd say Gospel House I'm and r and Gospel House, that's interesting. And last <coughs> earlier, the TV director side of news. So, should we expect a TV direction? Direction. Yeah, I've been toying with the idea of going behind the scenes, but I think that's going to come on a lot later in life. Um, right now, um, as you do, creating a space um, for conversation, important conversations with people that you deem um, just as important to have said conversations. So that's also the kind of platform that I've created um, that I wanted to use to bring out the other side of my broadcast self where I have conversations that I don't usually do. So I don't talk sports at all. Um, I'm just having conversations that I feel should be had. Yeah. So that's kind of where maybe the creator, producer is coming out of me. 
Um, but I hope to do more work like that in future. But I think the focus right now is just still being a world-class presenter. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out your Saturday to sit down. And it's my pleasure. Yes. It's my pleasure. Thank That's you so much so for good. having me. Of course. I hope that you thoroughly enjoyed that and got inspired by her pep talk. Remember that we all deal with wound nerves and to not run away from it. I found that very helpful because as someone who deals with a lot of anxiety as well in my personal life, it's something that I never... Why do the birds interrupt me? I try not to run away from it either. I think about what is triggering it and I use it to my advantage. And remember, being nervous means that it matters and that you care. And I think that it can really be a blunder that turns into a blessing. I want to normalize failure and mistakes and they happen. Turn them into blessings. <laughs>